0: than any other word in psychology, it is the word maladjusted. Now, certainly we all want to live the well-adjusted life in order to avoid neurotic and schizophrenic personalities. But I must honestly say to you tonight, my friends, that there are some things in our world, there are some things in our nation to which I'm proud to be maladjusted which I call upon all men of goodwill to be maladjusted until the good societies realize. I must honestly say to you that I never intend to adjust myself to segregation and discrimination. I never intend to become adjusted to religious bigotry. I never intend to adjust myself to economic conditions. That will take necessities from the many to give luxuries to the few. I never intend to adjust myself to the madness of militarism and the self defeating effects of physical violence. And I say to you that I am absolutely convinced that maybe the world is in need for the formation of a new organization, the International Association for the advancement of creative maladjustment and through such maladjustment we will be able to emerge from the bleak and desolate midnight of man's inhumanity to man into the bright and glittering daybreak of freedom and justice.
1: Let us turn now to the Gospel of Matthew to hear a prophetic word from Jesus the Christ. just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family. You did it to me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah, Martin, Audra, and James, Send your Holy Spirit to rest upon and move among us in this time, enlightening us to your ways. Quiet all voices but your own, O God, and let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, first, I just want to say that I didn't actually time these lessons and carols, so we are going to go over a little bit today. I hope you'll forgive me for that. Next time, I'll time them. Uh, this past Friday, I had the distinct honor of going up to Foothill College for an evening of conversation with the Dr. Uh, Cornell West. For those of you who might not be super familiar with Dr. West, he is an oh man, a freedom fighter an unapologetic follower of Christ. Uh, He's actually entitled technically the Professor of the Practice of Public Philosophy at Harvard. He's also Pastor Emeritus at Princeton. He uh, has written several books about democracy and race. Uh, You may have seen him in one of the many documentaries he's been featured in or on CNN or Democracy Now or even in The Matrix. Uh, And according to his own biography, um, Cornel West has a passion to communicate to a vast variety of publics in order to keep alive the legacy of Martin Luther King, Jr., a legacy of telling the truth and bearing witness to love and to justice. A legacy of telling the truth and bearing witness to love And justice, these are truly the marks of a prophet, one who has dedicated their life to speaking hard truths and for fighting for the rights of all people, especially the least of these. Dr. West began his talk on Friday night, inviting listeners to hold in their hands um, two traditions, one being the tradition of Socrates, who is uh, known for perverting the youth by inviting them to question authority, to learn to speak for themselves. One of the famous quotes of Socrates is, the unexamined life is not worth living. And so Dr. West invited listeners to consider what it means to live an examined life by holding that of Socrates' and the tradition that comes out of Jerusalem, the tradition of prophetic witness, which is rooted in God's covenants with God's people, the one who first named God's people by calling them out of slavery and commanding them to extend that same steadfast love and faithfulness. The Hebrew word is chesed. It is an all-encompassing term that means justice and love It's this kind of love that transforms nations and people, the kind that invites us to extend that love to all because we have received it. And to do that by rescuing the oppressed and defending the orphan, pleading for the widow and welcoming the stranger. So Dr. West invited us to hold these two traditions as excavating tools to dig down deep into our being to discover what is good and beautiful, what is holy about each and every one of us. And to use that, what we discover there, for a very important, very challenging, very counter-cultural objective. Not to gain status or wealth or power for ourselves, but to use what we have uncovered there to serve the least of these, to look back down that ladder to those who have been left behind and to take those gifts that we have been given to care for the lost and the forgotten and the unloved, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the exile in our midst. For we as followers of Christ are called to use these gifts that we have been given to serve the least of these. Now I have to admit that as I sat there, right, as a preacher, as a super hardcore Christian, right, I'm listening to Dr. West and I'm like, yes, I'm amening, I'm clapping the whole way through. And then I had to check myself. Because if you are listening to the words of a prophet, of a true prophet, and you aren't at least a little bit disturbed, then you aren't really listening. A true prophet speaks difficult truths, especially to privileged folk, folks who don't have to go to the margins, they choose to, those whose humanity, whose very existence and livelihood isn't constantly on public trial. You see, as a queer person and as a woman, There is a certain amount of marginalization that I experience, a certain angst that arises in me when the Supreme Court gets to decide on my rights to marry or what happens to my body. And this angst is valid. However, because of my relative privilege as a white person with a stable job and benefits, with a fair wage, thanks to y'all, and with a supportive family and community, because of this relative privilege, I am able to kind of turn it off and forget the injustice, the discrimination, the racism that black and brown folks experience every single day. I'm able to turn it off and forget the threats of violence and abuse that trans folk, especially black trans women, experience every day. I'm able to turn it off and forget the existential crisis of the earth and her inhabitants because I happen to live in San Jose and not paradise or Puerto Rico or Australia. I'm able to turn it off and forget someday because it's not a reality that I am forced to face every day because of my body or my location or the family I was born into. Dr. West quoted another prophet, Malcolm X, who said, the examined life is painful. The examined life is painful, but the unexamined life is not worth living, so what will we do but sit with the pain and the suffering that is within us, that is around us? What shall we do but consider our place in these systems of domination and oppression and to just try to understand the legacy that we have inherited so that we might create a future that is distinct from our past. It is painful and it is difficult to sit with these aspects of our lives and our society, but I got to tell you, friends, that the opposite is not hate or violence. It's not that extreme. The opposite is indifference indifference to the injustices that are all around us, indifference to the founding of this country on the mass extinction of indigenous peoples and the enslavement of African peoples. This legacy has consequences for today, the society that we live in right here and right now, a society that is hostile towards workers and poor folks, a society which allows for billionaires untold amounts of wealth. While there exists 140 million people living in poverty or low-income households, that's 42% of our country, 42%. It's painful to remember these aspects of our lives, these injustices that are all around us. Injustices that were committed even after slavery was abolished in the Jim Crow laws. Forced segregation. Black folk who served in World War II and when came back were intentionally rejected from receiving their GI Bill to buy homes to build wealth and security for their families. This legacy has contributed to a 154,000 wealth gap between black families and white families. It's painful to remember these aspects of our lives and of our society, but the alternative is indifference, indifference to a legacy of racist immigration policies, starting with the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882 and subsequent bills that specifically targeted Chinese laborers and women, bills that weren't undone until the 1960s. Bills that have created a legacy of racist immigration laws that look like a lot like the ones on our books today, which target black and brown folks, folks from Muslim countries, South American countries, basically any country that isn't white. It is painful to remember these aspects of our lives and our society, but the alternative, my friends, is indifference. And indifference will kill us. Indifference will allow us to become well-adjusted to the evils of our society, evils which prevent us from being fully reconciled to God, to one another, evils which prevent us from being those people that God created us to be, people who live by the values of chesed, to give food to those who are hungry, drink to those who are thirsty, to reach out to those who are suffering under the oppression of poverty, those strangers and outcasts, those who are sick and differently abled, who are rejected and alienated. Indifference to injustice is our call the International Association for the Advancement of Creative Maladjustment that continues to be our call today, my friends. A movement of people who refuse to be well-adjusted to the evils of our society. People who refuse to be indifferent in the face of injustice. People who decide to sit with the pain to take stock of the suffering that is around us and within us, to extend food to the hungry, drink to the thirsty, clothing to the naked, welcome to the stranger, care to the sick, and fellowship to the imprisoned. We are called this day and every day, my friends, to be a people marked by Hesed, steadfast, unwavering love for God, for God's people, and for God's creation. Dr. King professed hope that when we take this call seriously, we will be able to emerge from the bleak and desolate midnight of man's inhumanity to man into a bright and glittering daybreak of freedom and justice. Freedom and justice for all people. Let it be so. In the name of the triune God who creates, sustains, and redeems us all,
0: Amen.